Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. podcast. Today's episode features Richard Holt with a message from the 2015 North Battleford Summer Camp called The Body of Christ. The Lord has been very good to us in this camp meeting. Not, I guess not in this camp meeting, but he is so faithful to us uh, as he leads us along. He takes us as his own the sheep of his pasture, as he has said, from where we are, and he leads us gently. You know, there's a long ways to go, (laughs) but he leads us carefully. He leads us gently. He's intimately involved in the details of our life. Who can attest to that? Every one of us. The, The Spirit of the Lord knows all of the details of our life. And when we run into circumstances, uh, he is never far away. We bring them before him, and he is there. And we are so thankful for that. He's referred to as the gentle shepherd, and we are thankful for that. And as the Lord has been speaking to us, not just in this camp, but I think ministering to us all down through the years, Uh, that he is moving his people on, kind of taking us from where we are unto the place that he has in his mind and in his heart for us. I couldn't help but uh, really appreciate this morning as we met together before the service and just spent a little time together in prayer this morning. The Spirit of the Lord spoke in prophecy to kind of be ready to move, <laughs> be ready to move. And you know, the, the children of Israel crossing the desert set a good example for that. There was an orderly orderliness in their a way that they uh, conducted themselves. But there came times when the Lord said, you've been here long enough. There is a destination there. <laughs> there is a destination And the Lord is moving us, not driving us, and not forcing us to move faster than we are able, but gently moving us forward into that place that he has prepared for us. That's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. He takes us as his own children. There are just some thoughts this morning. Lord willing, just leave with you. And maybe uh, I know. Oh, I'm supposed to wear. Wear it up here. And as the Lord has been instructing us down through the years and leading us, he has been revealing to us his way. And and some of the things this morning, and maybe all of the things this morning, is just kind of a, a reminder of what the Lord has been saying to us. And I think what we are kind of finding or are feeling is that these things that the Lord has been setting before us that have been kind of like, uh, I don't know if doctrine is the right word, but it is becoming a reality to us. You know, we we are not just saying we understand uh, what the Lord is doing. We are saying that we are participants in what the Lord is doing. These things are becoming real to us to enter into. I'd just like to read some things this morning, and there's nothing new here. You've heard it before, but maybe just in by way of reminder, 
We can just bring to your remembrance what the Lord has been saying. And in Genesis 1, 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And that uh, was his, his purpose from the beginning. Let us make man in his image. And I, I don't know. I think I'm a little slow to pick up on things. So I, I can remember reading that scripture and wondering what it is that the Lord means. What does he mean by making us in his image? And it, it just kind of the light came on one day uh, when he began to talk to us about being in the image and likeness of his firstborn son. Jesus Christ. We are, we are being raised up to be in his image. Praise God. And after his likeness. Ephesians 1 and verses 4 to 5. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. He has chosen us before the foundation of the world. I remember I just was that that scripture I just read a while ago and I mentioned it to my wife. I said, man, you know, that's a long time ago. Before the foundation of this world. You know, science kind of has tried to put uh, dimensions on these things. And there's, there's merit in it. I mean, you can't examine these things and, and say that they're not true. And they, they, have, they have tried to say, okay, it started here and it ended there, and this is what, what took place. But before any of that existed, before any of that came into being, he had purposed in his heart that you would be here you would fill your place in his body. He had, he had set for you the place that you were to walk. He had prepared that you would rise up and take that place, even as his firstborn son. That's, that's, that's a pretty comprehensive plan. And uh, <clears throat> that's not something that uh, our human intellect is able to kind of get our minds around. But we know one thing for sure, what the Lord has set in place and in motion, he will fulfill it one step at a time until it comes to its completeness and to its fullness. Praise God. I was just uh, uh, also thinking about uh, the way that the that we, we uh, walk in the realms of the Spirit and the way that the Lord has added us to the body. And uh, sometimes, you know, as we travel from, from place to place, uh, there are those that will say, you know, I, I, really like, I really like your church and I like to join your church. You know, I like the things that you say and I'd like to join that. And the truth is, you cannot. You cannot join the church any more than when you are walking down the street with your family. I really like your family. I'd like to join your family. You can't do it. There's one way to join, and that's to be born into the family. Then you are a member. Then you are a child. Then you belong. And I I remember when our, our children arrived and I was kind of there for part of the event, and uh, I was my my wife uh, gave birth to our our firstborn, and the doctor <clears throat> brought me into the room, and there was this child. That was quite an experience. Here's this here's this little child that's arrived, uh, totally a dependent upon this family to provide for this little one. She came in there. Born into that household, and I'll tell you, 
we began to feel the responsibility of that little life. That little life became vitally important. The center of our focus was on that child. That whole, uh, Marie and I kind of had our own interests and we did the things that we liked to do. But I'll tell you, when that little one arrived, our focus of attention changed. That became the center uh, of, of the operation of our home taking care of that little one and preparing that little one for the future that lies ahead. As we are born into the family of the Spirit of the Lord, we are precious in His sight. He knows every one of us. His whole focus of attention is on that, uh, that little one that's been born into His household. That, that preparation has been made for that. And he is raising up that little one to take its place uh, in his house as a mature uh, son. In uh, John 3, verses 1 to 10, Jesus was talking to, uh, actually, uh, this is about Nicodemus. And he came, he was one of the teachers of, of Israel. And he came to Jesus at night. And he had some questions. And he spoke with Jesus. And this is in John 3, verses 1 to 10. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher. Come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus came to talk to him. These uh, gadgets here, they keep us wired up. <clears throat> but Nicodemus came to Jesus to, to talk to him by night. And Jesus went straight to the point. I don't know what he had in his mind, but Jesus said, we're going to talk about this. And, uh, he, and he said to Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There's no way that carnal man can enter into the things that the Lord has prepared for his people. It's impossible. He said, you won't even see it. Uh, those truths, though he reveals it, though the scriptures are full uh, of the truths of his kingdom, except you've been born into the family of, of God, you won't even be able to understand what the Lord is saying. <clears throat> Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? I had to think about this one. <clears throat> uh, can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus ans answered, and answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born, born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Except we give our life to Christ, and experience that water baptism and be filled with his spirit, there is no way that we can participate in what the Lord has called us to walk in. He, when we accept him, when we take that step and we are baptized and when we are filled with the spirit, we are born into his household. We have ears to hear. <laughs> we might start off like, like those little ones. When you look at a a newborn baby, they are absolutely dependent. They know one thing. When they're not happy, they cry. That's what they do. And everything stops. <laughs> when that happens, everything stops until that, that need is met. But they don't stay there. That household nurtures that little one. They don't remain in that place. Day by day and step by step, they grow. And they mature. They are fed and they are taught. And they make an unbelievable transition.
from this dependent infant to a mature young person just by growth, just by day by day walking, participating in that family, uh, being nurtured and cared for. Day by day, they make the transition from that dependent infant to that mature young person. It's a remarkable road, and there is a parallel in our, in our spiritual walk. We must be born into that family. Then all of the resources of heaven are taking that little one from where they are into that place of maturity day by day and step by step. We're, it's, it's hard to know where we are on that road, but we are not there yet. We are on that road. We are being nurtured and cared for and taught. We are on that road, and the Lord is, is instructing us. And one thing that uh, when these uh, little ones came into our home, as parents, we became very concerned about how they walked. It was not something um, kind of at some distance over here. Well, you just kind of, if you like to do that, well, you just go ahead and do that. As long as you're happy, we're happy. There is no way. There is no way. What they, uh, what they participated in, uh, what they learned, the way they walked, they, the way that they walked when things weren't going well, uh, if, if there was some, something about that that uh, did not really sit right, we dealt with it. I remember a few Sundays ago we were in Toronto. We have the, the privilege these days of being observers <laughs> and not necessarily participants in raising little ones. But we were sitting with uh, our family in the, in the service in Toronto, and uh, all of a sudden, our now four-year-old got whisked out of the service by his mother. We could hear some activity in the back room, and he came back, and he was all settled down. But uh, I heard his uh, dad say afterwards, he said, I didn't see him do anything. And his mother said, well, you know, I just kind of said to him, do this. And he went like this. <laughs> and that was enough. <laughs> the conduct didn't line up with the pattern. And there was a lot of attention to those details. I'll tell you, we are being raised in love and in care, in attention to every detail. And our conduct in all of the circumstances of life is important. There might be things that we come to the Lord and say, this is too much. I've said that. This is too much now. You know, I, 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 that's enough. That's enough of this. <laughs> and the Lord says that. Well, he, he, will, he will say he knows the way. There is a way. There is a road. Yeah. He knows the destination. Hallelujah. And if he says it's not too much, it's not too much. He says he'll be with us. That's what he promises. He won't forsake us. He won't leave us in these circumstances, but he wants us to walk as his sons and his daughters every step of the way. And that's important. He is teaching us. There are times, no doubt, when we are taken to the, uh, that little act of discipline and we come back with a little softer nature afterwards. But it's important that we learn to walk. He is looking uh, on us as his children born into his house that will one day stand there and carry that responsibility and administer that as a son and as, and as a daughter of the king. Amen? Amen? We are being raised up for that purpose. We are being schooled and, and the Lord is providing for us. And we are being uh, uh, helped along the way to walk in that way until we come to that place of maturity. Before the foundations of the world were laid, he said, these, my sons and my daughters will walk like that. They will take on that image of the firstborn son. There is the example. That, this is where they begin, but this is where they will end. There will be a walking. There will be a teaching. 
There will be a nurturing, but they will end up there. Praise God. Sometimes we don't understand all of the ups and downs of our life. We don't understand it. But there is a shepherd that is watching over us and guiding us in the way every step of the way. He is not uh, ignorant of our circumstances. And he wants to see how we handle them and how we walk in them. And there might be times when we have to come around again and go through this one again. <laughs> I can be sure, you can be sure that this little grandson of ours, uh, if he does that again, probably it's going to result in the same, same circuit to go through again until he has learned how to walk in that family and in that household. It's important. It's important. He is there, but one day he will be here and he will be raising a family of his own. I can remember as a young person uh, thinking, boy, you know, when, it, when I get my home, it's going to be different. <laughs> things are, things are going to be different then. But when I, when I actually did have a home and when I did have a children, I was scratching my, my head thinking, how do my parents handle this? <laughs> and it's important, uh, the way that we walk and the way that we learn uh, what the Lord is uh, setting before us. <clears throat> and just, uh, and we mentioned about that, the birth, the process of birth, being giving your life to Christ, going through the water baptism experience, and being filled with the Spirit, and you are born into the household of the Lord. You are a child at that point. And Jesus himself set the example. He, he went first and he set the example. Then cometh Jesus, this is in Matthew three thirteen to 17. <clears throat> then cometh Jesus unto Galilee, unto Galilee and jo- to Jordan, unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? So Jesus went to John and he said, baptize me. John said, you know, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. I mean, I have, you need to baptize me. But Jesus answered him. Jesus answering said unto him, suffer it to be so now, for, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him and then he allowed him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. He looks upon us exactly the same way. Jesus walked through that experience so that we would have that example. And every one of us, as we walk through that experience, We are a child of the King. Praise God. This is the the things that just kind of seem to stand out in going over this. It's in 1 John 3 and 2. It says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The thing that really stood out in that, he is saying to us that now, not tomorrow, not some future event, not some time down the road when things all come together, now, you are his son, you are his daughter. And we don't yet know uh, how these things will all come together, but when we meet the firstborn son face to face, we will know him. Because we will be like him. (laughs) But now you are on that road. Now you are a child of the king. Now his eyes are upon you. Now he is raising you as his own child. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. They are the sons of God. You can hear the Spirit of the, of the Lord speaking to you, and it, somehow it is doing something in your heart 
You are a child of the king. The Lord has given you ears to hear his voice as he is speaking to you. And you know, it's such a, a remarkable thing. You know, we have the privilege uh, of visiting other places and other countries. Some places uh, where we have never been before. We go there sometimes for the, for the first time. And I, I can remember traveling with uh, Brother Wager and going to Africa and landing in Nairobi and, and all these, these other brethren can attest, attest to this and getting off the plane and going downtown Nairobi and saying, man, am I in the wrong place. There is nothing familiar here. <laughs> I don't understand the language. I don't understand anything that's going on. There's activity going around me, all, all these things, and I have no idea what's happening. Uh, I am totally like a fish out of water here. You know, I, I, I would have gotten on the next plane and headed straight, straight back to familiar territory until we started to meet some of the folks that the Lord had joined us together with, and all of a sudden, we were brothers and sisters. We spoke the same language. When we, when we began to minister in those places, the Spirit of the Lord just joined us together because we understood the same things. As they read the scriptures and the Lord made it real to their hearts, uh, and we, we ministered on those things, there was no need to explain that. <laughs> they knew. They knew. They had heard. The Lord had been speaking and they had heard, and we were children of the King, joined together by the Spirit in a wonderful unity that has, be, has had a beginning, but it has no end. One day these, these remote places will stand in their proper place, and they will stand as full, mature sons and daughters in their place, and they will administer the, the work of the kingdom in righteousness and in peace. And it will cover the earth. They will, st- they will have laid upon them the authority prepared to be able to do the work that the Lord has ordained. And that work and that authority will come into its fullness as we grow up into that image of the firstborn. And because, uh, Galatians uh, 4 and 6, and because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his, of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. <laughs> you know, when we uh, bring our request before the Lord, we can say, Father, because he is our Father. We have been born into his household and he hears of those things that are brought before him. You know, in our, in our family, and I suspect it was similar for most, we didn't wait until the children were at some age, teenagers or something, before we started to listen to them. We were attentive to everything, every step of the way. When, when they came to us with their very small problems, we got down on our knees and we listened <laughs> to what they had to say because it was important. We wanted to know and we wanted them to know that we loved them and we cared and we would do something about their circumstances. A relationship was being built. A relationship that would grow and develop as they grew and, and developed. That relationship would grow together. And they, as they grew up, we would walk together as one family. And I'd just like to uh, say some things about uh, perfection. Ephesians four, eleven to 13. says it gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. That, that is the road, that is the path unto a perfect man, 
unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And the word perfect, uh, we have been taught that it means mature. Until we come up to that place of full maturity. And the Lord has set those ministries in the body to do a work to help along that pathway. He has set that. He, the Lord didn't call out, you know, wise men that had all the answers to all the problems and men that could just expound this and expound that. He took very ordinary men who, who knew before they were ever called, who knew that they were, could really bring nothing to this work. Uh, they, they, all, all there was to offer was themselves. And the Lord imparted his anointing and his spirit and his enablement. And every member of the body is like that. There is that work of the spirit, not through any human work, but because his anointing and his, his, the ability of his spirit is there to do it. As we bring nothing to that work except that the Spirit of the Lord is there to work through ordinary vessels to do the work that is before us. So he set those in the body to do the work of bringing the body together to a place of maturity so that they can be come unto the full mature stature of the, of the firstborn son of Jesus Christ. And then in Hebrews 6 and 1, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. We don't have to go back. When the Lord has called us out to walk, he's he's calling us to move on, (laughs) move forward. And we kind of have felt that in this camp, and I think maybe at feast. The Lord is calling us to move forward. There's, a, there's a, an entering in before us. The Lord wants us to grow up and move into those things and accept uh, those responsibilities that he has placed there. And the Apostle Paul... Uh, kind of had something to say to the to the Galatians who had kind of uh, uh, <clears throat> kind of kind of felt that the there's a lot of rules and regulations that had to come into to being the if we're going to walk right and do the right thing you've got to do this and you've got to do that and you've got to do something else and you know if you do if you don't do this it's going to be you're going to be out of order and the Apostle Paul just exhorted them just taught them a little bit. He said, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are now made perfect by the flesh? Can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it. There is one way to do it. That's to keep this vessel full of the anointing of the Spirit. Drink, as we heard about being connected to the vine. There's no other way. There is no other way. But let the Spirit of the Lord fill this vessel. Then you are able to grow and to enter into those things. You know, it referred to there, I think Brother Sunbow touched on that, but, you know, you let, a, uh, let that flow of life stop, and that branch will die. It will die. But that flow needs to keep going. You need to keep going. You know, Daniel is a good example. Daniel is a good example to follow. Here's a man, he had probably more responsibility than most of us. He had a heavy load. (laughs) Every day, he made it a point. He made it a point to just let the Spirit of the Lord feed his soul. And he didn't know. Day by day, he did not know what the next day would hold. And there was a day, you know, when uh, uh, they were partying it up. And they had brought the vessels that they had taken from from Israel, these gold vessels, and they were partying, partying it up. And it was a big a big vessel. And all of a sudden, this handwriting came on the wall. And that was a different, that party stopped right there. It just came to a stop. And some, I think it was the queen, said, you know, there is a man 
here. In whom is the spirit of the Lord? Let's bring him in. I don't think Daniel was prepared for that in terms of he was expecting it. He just got called in. But there was a vessel that was full of the anointing of the spirit. He, he looked at those that writing on the wall and he said, King Belteshazzar, that's what this means. Your kingdom is removed from you. You have done these things and the Lord has spoken to you. This is the word of the Lord. And it was fulfilled before the day was out. He was out and another king had taken his place because there was a man that walked softly before the Lord and kept that vessel full. The Lord said, I need you, Daniel, for this job. And he just stepped into that and did it. There is the example of the walk that the Lord is calling us to. We have no idea what lies ahead. We have no idea. But the Lord has called us to be administers of that spirit. To be in the place where he, he can lay his hand upon you and you can stand with authority and say, this is the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord is saying. This is what that means. And somehow the hand of the Lord will accomplish the thing that he has purposed to do. He is raising up sons to maturity to do his will, to, to exercise his authority and to uh, have ears that can hear his voice and do his bidding. Praise God. We, we can look at ourselves here and say, you know, that's a long ways down the road. I'll tell you this, we don't know. A little child doesn't really know how far down the path they are. Perhaps the parents have a little better uh, judgment of that. But I'll tell you, when the little child is learning to walk, it is of paramount importance how they walk in that day, in that place where they are. Because they are learning to walk for the day when they will carry the, the authority of adulthood. <clears throat> and in uh, Philippians, Philippians 3 and 12, uh, not as though the Apostle Paul uh, writing... Not as though I had already attained, uh, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that by if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. Here is a a, a vessel, just like you and I say. You know, I'm pressing into that. <laughs> I, for some reason that I don't understand, the Lord has reached down and. And taken me from where I was. I have been apprehended. It's like the police, you know. I've been apprehended for a purpose. And because I have been, uh, that has been my experience, I want to apprehend those things that are, are before me. I want to press on until I have laid hold upon those things. <clears throat> I'd just like to say a few words about the work of the Spirit in our life. <clears throat> And there is uh, something of a, a parallel here. Uh, my wife and I were reading in our devotions, in our uh, devotions together. Now it's just the two of us that have devotions together. But uh, we were reading um, from my father's uh, writings on uh, uh, adoption. And it's a funny thing. I, I, I mentioned this uh, to my wife a while ago. I, you know, when I was growing up, uh, you know, my father had lots to, lots of instruction and so on. I, you know, it was all around and, you know, you're growing up, you know everything anyway. So, I mean, you don't need all this instruction. <laughs> I'm being pretty bluntly honest here, I guess, but you know how, how young, young people are. They kind of feel like, you know, they got a pretty good handle on things. But in reading uh, some of his and the writings of the other brethren, and the things that the Spirit was revealing uh, at the time, uh, re uh, kind of re reading anew and afresh, somehow these things are of tremendous value and tremendous pertinence for where we are today. And we were reading that as in our devotions together, 
And it was about Abraham when he was old. And he had a son the Lord had given him. As a, you know, you read that bit of Abraham's life. It was a miraculous thing. Uh, I, I would not want to, to have hope to walk in his shoes. And you know, the Lord promised him at some point that his offspring would be like the sands of the sea. And all of the world would be blessed by his offspring. And here he was, he was getting to be an old man and his wife. And he kept asking the Lord, what about this? Lord, he had to be, he had to believe, I guess. He had to trust. I think his faith kind of wavered a little bit in there. But the day came when it was beyond any possibility that that could come to pass. Once it had reached that point, that there was no, no possible way that, that that could ever happen, then he had a child. <laughs> then the Lord fulfilled it and gave him a son, Isaac. And Abraham was a wealthy man. It said that the Lord had blessed him and he had abundance. Uh, the Lord had given him abundance. He had a lot of uh, things to, to care for. And he had servants. And he had a, a servant that was over all the servants called Eliezer. Eli, 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 Eliezer. And his servant uh, had the responsibility of looking after, kind of overseeing this child as it grew up. Uh, making sure that this child learned the ropes. You know, someday he was going to have to do all this stuff and uh, his, his servant had the job of kind of teaching him the ropes and saying, okay, you know, you're old enough to do this now. You can start doing that. And the day came when uh, he was old enough to marry. And uh, Moses made him swear an oath. He said, I don't want my son to marry the women that live in this, around these heathen nations around here. I want you to take my son back to my homeland and find him a wife back there. And you swear an oath that you will do that. And so Eliezer said, well, what if I don't? You know, what if I don't find it? What if I don't find this woman that uh, is suitable? And Moses said, or Abraham said, in that case, you know, the, the oath will be void. But I want you to go back and do that. I want you to go and find him a wife. And he did. He went back. And he came to that place uh, where uh, Abraham's uh, relatives lived. And he said, I've come all this way, and how am I going to find, find this person? He said, I know, I'll, I'll, I'll ask the Lord. And he said, you know, if, if the Lord has really prospered this journey, you send a woman out, I'll ask her for a drink. And if she offers to water all my camels, and I think that was probably a pretty big job, then I'll know that that's the woman. And the first woman that came out, came out, this, this young woman came out to him, and he said, can I have a drink? And she said, sure, and I'll water your camels too. <laughs> he said, praise the Lord. <laughs> but the hand of the Lord was upon that. And there was this servant in there working with this young man, preparing him and helping him to find his place because the day would come when the burden of that responsibility would rest upon him. And that was his job. And as the Lord has kind of given us that example, there is the parallel to that in our spiritual walk. The Lord has sent his spirit to dwell with us and to walk with us, to teach us, to lead us every day. Every single day he is with us so that we learn how it is to walk. So he, he guides our steps and, and instructs us that this child, this, this immature person, has someone to help him to understand how to walk and uh, how to understand what lies ahead. And he has sent his spirit the, the uh, Greek word for that is parakletos. And it means one called to help or a helper. And he's given us that. 
And we thank the Lord every day for his spirit. And we know that he is here. (laughs) He is here this morning (laughs) to help. He is here when we are alone. He is here when we are with our families. He is here when we come together as brethren to seek the mind of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord begins to reveal it. And he says, this is the way. And when we walk in that way, there is unity. There is authority. We are not walking in our own steps. We are walking under the covering and in the place where the authority of the Spirit abides. We are not speaking our own words, but the word of the Lord is with authority and with power, and it will perform its purpose. Man has no authority whatsoever. You know, there's a lot of talking going on these days. There's a lot of words out there. But let the Spirit of the Lord declare what will befall uh, this uh, earth as we go forward and we walk in that place His authority surrounds our steps. And that is an open door for us to walk into and to participate in. And we have His Holy Spirit to shine His light upon our pathway. We do not grope in the darkness. We do not uh, try to figure out uh, what what these words mean. The Spirit of the Lord illuminates His Word and He writes it upon the tables of our heart. We understand it, we know it, and we walk in it because he has sent uh, his parakletos to walk among us. (laughs) So his precious sons can grow up to the place where they can inherit the authority that he has prepared for them since before the foundations of this world were laid. That is a very long time ago and it has been unfolding and it cannot be stopped until it comes to its perfection even as he has declared it to be true. There is not a force under heaven and earth that can prevent his word from being fulfilled. It remains for us to humble ourselves, to submit ourselves to yield to the gentleness of his spirit and allow him to fit into the place where our steps are guided by his spirit, that parakletos that has been sent here for that very purpose. He has done that for us. He has done it for us. We are of that kind of value to him. We are. You know, we have had the experience of raising children. I, I, I think I probably said this to you before, but i just say it again here this morning. That I, I can remember when uh, we were expecting our first child and uh, being uh, worrying about that. I can remember that. And uh, thinking, well, you know, my wife, you know, she's a woman. She's... They've, they've loved this sort of thing since they were old enough to walk. I mean, it's ingrained. I mean, of course she's going to love this child. But what about me? You know, this child's going to come along and it's just going to be another thing in the house. It's going to, it's going to mean nothing. And I mean, I'm serious. I, that was a concern. When that child was born, something changed. I can tell you that. Something changed. And it was, it was to the point... That I thought if anything were to happen to this child, I don't know if I could survive it. I know that many have gone through that experience and I, I, I cannot even put myself in that place. But I felt like that. If anything were to touch this child, I don't know if I could handle it. And it's been that way. And I think that is probably a glimpse, a sliver a fragment of how our Heavenly Father feels about you. Just like that. Watching over you, caring for you, hearing your softest cry, and being there. Sometimes, you know, when our children ask for things, we heard everything they said. 
we didn't give them everything they asked for. Uh, there were times when we discussed it. We waited and we said, no, no. And sometimes we let them ask for quite a long time to be sure that they really wanted that. We weren't going to just run out and buy everything they came into their head. But sometimes if it kept coming back, kept coming back, my wife and I softened a little bit. We said, okay, all right. I think they really want this. Cabbage Patch Kids, I mean, whoever, who who didn't buy a Cabbage Patch at all? (laughs) That's their generation. But there was that level of care and concern there, and the Lord has sent this one to be with us, to walk with us. So I have 11.30, is that the right time? About right. I have been known to set my watch on the wrong hour and dismiss an hour too soon. And my watch stops sometimes and I go on forever. But I hope that's roughly right. I'd just like to say something this morning about adoption. You know, in the, the scriptures refer to that. You can read uh, about adoption. And the Greek word is, and uh, you Greek scholars, uh, it's cut a little slack here because I, I'm no Greek scholar, but I'll, I'll give you the word. <clears throat> it's huisthesia, huisthesia. Uh, there's even a pronunciation here. I don't think I can even say that. But it means it's, a, it's two parts. It means a son, like a, a male child, a son, and a setting. And it's a, taking a, a, a son that has been born into a family and setting, them, setting him in the place of responsibility in that family. And it's been, in a number of uh, translations, it's been termed adoption. Uh, and our, you know, maybe that was appropriate in the environment that it was written but we have in, you know, in today's society, we have a, a different view of that, like bringing a child that hasn't been born into the family and raising it. And that's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing, that there are families and homes whose hearts are that way, that have seen a need and just stepped up to the plate. That's a wonderful thing. And just made a, a child in need a part of a family. Couldn't be better than that. But the spirit, in the realms of the spirit, there is no place for that process. There is no place for taking one outside the family and bringing it in. He is raising sons and daughters. And that word adoption means the setting of that mature child in the place of of handling responsibility. It is coming to that place of perfection or maturity, that place where now all of this preparation that has been done, now that responsibility can be set there. And it says in Ephesians uh, 5 and 27 that he might, talking about the church, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. That, that's what he is doing. He is bringing together this body to a place where there is nothing out of place. It is, it is done to his satisfaction. And Hebrews 2 and 10, For it became him, and I think this was referred to by Brother Bernard this morning, For it became him, Uh, for whom all things and by whom are all things and bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. And in Revelations uh, 21 and 2, And I, John, uh, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband, prepared. There was a, a preparation that took place. And when that was, when that, this 
this child, first of all, was born into the household. They went through uh, being that, those steps, and they were born into the household. Then they were raised. Those uh, members, those uh, spiritual parts of the body coming into operation to school uh, this, this, this offspring to the place where it would grow up and walk right in a place, up to a place of maturity. And the presence of the Spirit there uh, to help, to instruct along the way. When all of those things have done their work, then this body is standing there in full maturity, complete. It says, without any blemish, any, any defects, as far as the, the eyes of the Lord are concerned, it is standing there, mature, complete. And the next step is to be joined to that firstborn son in perfect unity. There is that joining together to the head, the body coming together with the head to walk together in perfect order and in perfect unity. Praise God. Uh, There was just something I wanted to refer to you. Um, Yes, I I didn't read this, and I would like to read. It's about the the spirit, uh, that parakletos that is with us. And in 1 John 2 and 27, it says, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but that's, but the same anointing teaches you of all things, and it is truth and no lie, and even as, as it has taught you, ye shall abide in him. And that is a, a tremendous thing that the Lord has done. There are, <clears throat> there are a lot of truths recorded here. You can open the scripture and read this from cover to cover. And there will be a lot of things that just kind of go over your head, you know. We've all had that experience. I read that. I see the words. I have no idea what it means. I remember reading a passage uh, in uh, Daniel, and he kind of was prophesying all this. And I said to my wife, we were reading out in devotions too, I I said, you know, this might as well be in Chinese because I have no idea what that's all about. And Daniel himself said, I've, I've seen these, I've spoken it, but I don't understand. But you know, there is a, the spirit that line upon line and precept upon precept, he begins to reveal that truth to you. He begins to pull back that curtain. And it says, you have no need for man to teach you. You don't have to have some scholar sit down with you and say, well, you know, that's what this means and that's what this means. As you hear the word of the Lord, it might be through the elders. You may be reading yourself. It may be through teaching, perhaps a teaching message. But as that anointing of the Spirit rests upon those things, he draws back the curtain and the lights go on. And you know, you know, and you know that you know what he means when he has said that. It is written upon your heart. You understand. It's like you have ears to hear and you understand what the Lord is saying because it's important that we understand. He is not interested in this man's theory and that man's theory and you figure out that it's somewhere in between these two things. He wants to take his word and reveal it to your heart so that you know what he is saying to you. And it will be line upon line and precept upon precept. You will not run ahead and you will not fall behind. But as he reveals it to you, step by step, he will show you the way and you will know it and you will walk in it until the day comes when you will possess it. all of the fullness of it. And you will be administers of those things that have been administered to you. 
You will possess those truths to walk in, to lay hands upon, and to walk in the, the fullness of all of those things. We are being schooled and prepared for that hour. We are walking that road. His Spirit is walking with us every step of the way. We are joined together by the Spirit with this body. We are members one of another. We are not independent. We're not running here and running there. He has fit us into our place, His place that He has chosen for us in His body, that since before the foundation of the world, He decided that you would come and you would be there. Who can understand a work on that scope? We cannot, but it's true. We know that it's true. We know that it's true. And not only do we know that it's true, it is within our grasp to walk in it because he has done that for us. Praise God. Praise God. There's just one thing. I'll just uh, close with this. <clears throat> but it's a bit of an admonition, I guess. Uh, where he gives the example of the... Uh, ten virgins going into the wedding feast. That is the wedding feast that we're talking about. And it's important. It is important. And he is talking about ten virgins. Five wise and five foolish. The five wise heard what the Lord was saying. And they cleared the decks. They got the stuff out of the way. And they walked as Daniel walked. They walked there. They didn't know what the future held. They didn't know. They just knew that for today, the Lord is asking this of me, and I will walk there. I will walk there. As he opens those doors, I will enter in. And they were wise. He, calls them, he said, that's wisdom to do that. And he called them. They, they didn't know what the, what the future held. And the day came, I guess, at, you know, it just says they fell asleep. They all fell asleep. Perhaps this life came to an end, I don't know. But they just stayed in their place. And there was another five that had a similar call. And they heard the same things. They had the same opportunity. The same exact same thing was set before them. And they took some of those things. Maybe it's perhaps along the line that Brother David was speaking to us last night in talking to us about apathy, letting some of those things get in the way. And they didn't uh, avail themselves of the tremendous hour in which they walked. And the day came when they too fell asleep. And then the time was right to be joined together, that perfect body, that perfect bride to be joined together. The five wise just entered into their place. They were prepared. All of that work of the Spirit, that fitting into the body, the effect of all of that ministry coming together, uh, they, they walked until they came to that place of full maturity. And when that hour was right, they just took that step, just entered in, into that place that was prepared for them. The others, too, wanted to do the same thing. They wanted to enter in the same thing. And the door was closed to them. That was a disappointing day. That was a major disappointing day. The Lord is speaking to our hearts. He's, he's telling us uh, about the pathway that he has called us to walk. It's not one of achievement. Uh, it's not one of, of great sacrifice and kind of doing great things for the Lord. It's one of submission. It's one of placing him in his rightful place in your life as head. He wants to be the head in your life. He wants you to come before him and say, you lead the way and I will follow every day. And he will open those doors. He will make that way open to you. You will fit into your place in the body. You will uh, leave that place of immaturity and grow up to be that mature son that will one day 
uh, be joined to that head and do that work that's uh, before uh, that, that body in that day. Praise God. Just leave that with you this morning. Lord bless you. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.